Hey, Goal Achievers, welcome to the Elite Achievement Community. I'm Kristen Burke, your host and coach here to demystify the goal achievement process. If you are ambitious and visionary, then let's get to work so you can maximize your potential and achieve your definition of success. Hey, Goal Achievers, welcome back to Elite Achievement. It is the start of a new year, and I am sure you are feeling all of the excitement that comes with setting new goals. So we're going to have a little bit of fun today, and I've invited one of my coaching clients, Nisu Patel, to join us on this episode for a conversation around mindset, achieving breakout performances, and leadership. Nisu grew up around small businesses, entrepreneurship, and the American dream. He is a first-generation college graduate who studied finance and interned at Northwestern Mutual's top-tier program where he learned how to start, build, and grow a financial planning practice. Nisu helps entrepreneurs and professionals maneuver unique financial challenges and creates plans to ensure his clients are well-protected through whatever life throws their way. Last year, Nisu was honored as one of the Northwestern Mutual's top financial planning advisors in the country. He was inducted into the company's elite membership, the 2021 Forum Group. Nisu is the second youngest advisor to achieve the esteemed forum status and is the youngest within his home state of Alabama. In addition to serving his clients, in addition to serving his clients, Nisu is a growth and development director with the firm where he oversees recruitment and development. Welcome, Nisu. Awesome. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you for uh, having me and thank you for uh, inviting me to join you in the conversation. I'm fired up. I appreciate having the opportunity to feature your story and let the Elite Achievement uh, community know more about you and and breakout performances. Now, Nisu, before we get there, tell us about your entrepreneurial journey. What inspired you to start your financial planning practice? Sure. So I, um, I actually grew up around entrepreneurship, small business from a very young age. Um, not many people outside of my inner circle know this, but I was actually born overseas. Um, and you mentioned I was a first generation college graduate, but, um, my family and I immigrated to the States when I was only a few months old. Um, and they were chasing the American dream, looking for better opportunities. And the best way, uh, was through small business. Um, and that's kind of where I uh, got my early exposure. Um, and as a young immigrant family um, in a uh, completely new environment, I, um, I spent a lot of my weekends and holidays um, helping the family at the small businesses. So um, that's where my interest in entrepreneurship kind of formulated. What were some of the biggest lessons you learned growing up in helping your family in the small businesses? Um, there were a lot of lessons I took away. There were some lessons that I wanted to replicate that I had seen, but then there were also lessons that I observed that I wanted to make sure I avoided as well. As I reflect back, I saw my family had kind of a scarcity mindset because they were in a completely new environment. Um, there was a lot of unknown. They were the type of people that 
um, invested heavily in their businesses. We're always at their businesses. We're trying to minimize expenses and trying to accelerate their growth path. Um, so there were a lot of great lessons on both sides of things that I wanted to replicate and also things that I wanted to avoid. So you grow up learning these valuable lessons and you pursue your education and join an internship program. How did you land a career in financial planning, financial services? Early on, I didn't know what an internship entailed or uh, what it meant at the time. I just had a lot of people around me that cared about me, that wanted to see me succeed, that started coming to me and telling me that it was time to start looking um, for internship opportunities. Because um, going through school, I, uh, I changed majors at a young age multiple times um, and then landed on business just because I had a background there. And I said that it kind of ran in my blood uh, to a degree. But you really didn't know what you could do with a business degree. And at that point um, in my life, I wanted to make sure I could find a career where I could support multiple generations. There were um, there were some personal issues that I wanted to make sure I could um, take care of the previous generation. Um, I, I wanted to also make sure I could take care of myself and my future family. And I wanted to make sure I could get off the payroll um, of my mother as soon as I could. And then also I wanted to make sure I could take care of the next generation as well. Um, and at that point in my life, I thought that the only way I could accomplish that was being on Wall Street. Um, so I, I started applying to all these programs and uh, companies that had um, what I thought were high-level internship programs at the time. And um, because I was uh, a sophomore going into my junior year, I got a lot of typical uh, generic email responses and um through that, I found a uh, internship opportunity uh, with Northwestern Mutual. I'm smiling and no one can see because we, we obviously are recording audio here, but I'm smiling yeah. too because what some of our listeners might not know is I recruited for the Northwestern Mutual internship program in Los Angeles for years. And I remember a lot of the candidates that would come to the career fairs or I would see the resumes. And every once in a while, you find a gym and a sophomore. And I remember giving the opportunity to some of those candidates to start building a practice. It's incredible to hear your story of joining the company as a sophomore and building a financial planning practice. So last year was a breakout year for you. What inspired you to go after this goal of achieving the company's top level of, of production, top 2% of financial advisors in the firm? Well, it's funny that you asked that question as a follow-up question, because as you were describing your time when you were uh, working with Northwestern Mutual and, and the internship program in Los Angeles, I remember back to when I was so young in age starting that program and not having any background that a lot of my peers did. I remember going through training and thinking, what have I got myself into? This is overwhelming. I have no idea what this lingo is, what planning means or what investments are or what insurance. I was a deer in the headlights. But what I did know at that time was this seems like an incredible opportunity. 
this place has a phenomenal culture and it's full of great people. And this seems like an opportunity that it is going to allow me to accomplish the things that I want to accomplish for myself and for my family. And I made a decision that didn't matter what I didn't know, but I made a decision that I was going to outwork everyone and I wasn't going to give up on myself. Um, and I feel like that was very important tying into this question that you last asked. Um, I feel like that was very important in setting that foundation because as I reflect back to the year that we had in 2021, um, I get asked about it a lot. People oftentimes believe that all of that growth happened overnight. Um, and the, and one important thing that kind of jumps to mind is that it was a journey. I knew that I was going to accomplish this milestone. I just didn't think I would be able to accomplish it as quickly as I was able to accomplish it or hit that milestone as soon as I was able to, to reach that milestone. Um, but one thing that led to that kind of breakout performance was I was ultra dedicated. I was more dedicated in my business than I had ever been before. And I don't think that happened intentionally. Um, I think that happened one reason because I also um, went from having a team to running my business solo. So a lot of that dedication came from losing staff that I had um, within my business um, up until that point. So in 2021, I went back to being a solo entrepreneur, a solo business owner, and that forced me uh, to focus on the uh, most important variables um, and the variables that drove action, um, which allowed me to just be laser focused. But um, that laser focus, that kind of dedication also raised my self-awareness within my business. I started seeing opportunities that I would not have seen before. Um, and they just kind of started, you know, flags just started popping up in my head. And it's because this goal was so important to me um, that my mind naturally found the energy um, to help me accomplish that goal whenever there were gaps um, and I needed small bursts of energy. Um, so I think that was really important. And the other uh, piece that I think was super important was I had to learn to be abundant. Um and to another degree or to another level, because abundance can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But for me, abundance meant that when I had re extra resources or extra time, I had to invest that strategically into my business and into what I wanted to accomplish and do. Um, and because also I had a big audacious goal, um, I had to be abundant in the fact that I had to create strategic partnerships to help me with my workload. Um, and I had to learn to delegate as well because you hear the saying, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Um, I kind of saw that in action. I had been in business for a few years up until this point. Um, and a lot of times entrepreneurs and business owners and leaders once we have some early success, we get away from the fundamentals and the things that got us to this point. Um, and a lot of those things that helped me get to this this point in my life were people helping me along the way and pouring into me and being resources for me and uh, partnering with me. And I was starting to get away from that. Maybe it was my ego getting too big, my head getting too big. There's so much we can unpack 
from your answer. And I want to start with something that I find personally fascinating. A lot of business owners have a belief that if they lose their team, their goals are shot for the year. I find it incredibly inspiring that you had a totally different approach. When you had team transition, it didn't distract you from your goal. It didn't deter you from your goal. In fact, it did the opposite. It helped you get laser focused, accomplish what was most important, work strategically, understand your priorities. And that really served you well last year. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't easy. I'm human as well. I dug myself a little hole and was in a little funk and everyone goes through that. But a mentor of mine um, taught me the importance of having think time and having strategic think time. And because I had that um, in place when these things happened, it allowed me to have a good perspective, not get caught up in the negative. And it also allowed me to um, say no to a lot of things as well, because I was able to prioritize what was important, what was going to help me accomplish what I wanted to accomplish as well. And that is a a huge skill set, being able to say no. And the clearer people are with what they want to accomplish and why they want to accomplish it and what are the top priorities that are required to accomplish their big goal, it becomes easier to say no and set those boundaries. I want to talk about mindset. You mentioned earlier one of the things you saw in your family business growing up was a scarcity mindset. And Nisu, you shared on your journey of achieving your breakout performance last year that you had to learn to be abundant. So first of all, what is the difference between a scarcity mindset and an abundant mindset? And second, how do we grow our abundant mindset? So when it comes to abundance and scarcity, I, I think that you can frame it how you need to frame it in your head. Um, it can be monetarily, it can be um, time-wise, it can be just the way you think, um, in my opinion. And what I saw early on, what I experienced was my parents were always working because they had that scarcity thought that, um, we're new business owners. We need to minimize overhead and expenses. We can't afford to pay a, a salary to someone. Let's just figure out how we can work 12-hour shifts within the business. So that was one thing of not being able to delegate, not thinking abundantly, not teaming, right? So that was one thing early on that I saw. And as a kid, those things resonate with you because they're making sacrifices. They were important sacrifices, but in the moment, what they were saying no to were certain school activities or certain vacations or certain parties and such. So those things really resonated at a young age and showed me that, man, you know, if I'm an entrepreneur one day, yes, I want to grow a a phenomenal business that allows us to do the things we want to do, but I also want to have structure in there to, to allow myself to still live my life. And I think that sometimes we neglect the flexibility that business offers us um, because we get caught up in the now and in, in, in doing what feels like um, is urgent and is, is super important um, and is a priority. But um, as far as abundance go, I mean, it takes a lot of work. Like I said earlier, like, I'm not perfect. I'm human too. So a lot of times uh, scarcity thoughts and scarce 
actions come up because we have fear as well. Um, and for me, um, having faith, trusting the process, having a game plan, believing in, in what you're doing allows you to be more abundant, just makes it easier to be abundant. Um, having good mentors that have been where you're trying to go helps with being abundant as well. Cause like I said, fear is what drives scarcity in my opinion. So because I surrounded myself with people that have accomplished what I'm trying to accomplish, that have been where I'm trying to go, that I respect, that have similar philosophies, that have similar values, it made it a lot easier to have faith and it made it a lot easier to be abundant and it made it a lot easier to stick to the process and the game plan, not only when things were going well, but also when things weren't going well. And it's often easier to stick to a game plan when things are going well and you're seeing traction and you're getting results. The key is sticking to the game plan when things don't go well. And I'm hearing you say having mentors and individuals who think big in your network helped you navigate some of those difficult times. Yeah. And something around this thought is I have a, a, a deep love for people. I just love being around people. I get a lot of energy from people. So I was always worried about people liking me. And I had to learn that as a leader, as a, as an entrepreneur, as someone that has to oftentimes make tough decisions and choices, I need to instead worry about being respected and not liked. And that is something also that I feel like allowed me to be more abundant, to say no to the things that weren't priorities and weren't urgent or weren't important as well. That is such a critical point in this discussion, Nisu. I had a mentor teach me it is better to be respected than to be liked. And once I started to understand what that meant, my impact as a coach increased dramatically. Uh, And I'm sure your impact as an advisor and as a leader also increases when you're going after respect versus being liked. Yeah, absolutely. Very well said. Nisu, you have great mentors in your life. How have you built these mentorship relationships? I think this can be a mystery for a lot of people. I'm blessed to have a lot of the people that I I consider to be mentors in my life. I'm very grateful that they sacrifice time and energy for me. But I think when you're talking about people to surround yourself with and mentors, it's important to understand who they are and where they're at in life because oftentimes those people are are getting asked for stuff very frequently whether it's time or whether it's money or whether it's energy and resources they're always getting asked for stuff and i feel like as someone that is seeking to grow and learn you have to do stuff to set yourself apart and show them that You really value their time and energy and money and resources. So you have to do things to set yourself apart, whether it's coming prepared with questions or looking up their biography and and knowing some of their story and some of their background. You got to do things to set yourself apart, first of all. And then uh, the next piece of it is I think you got to show them that you value their opinion and their mentorship by giving them feedback and going back to them and telling them how you found value and what you learned from them and what you took away from them. And within that, 
I think you also have to be be careful at times because um, I experienced this as well. And it's that because I love people, I love being around people and I try to show up as my authentic and genuine self whenever I interact with someone, people are oftentimes are attracted to that and people want to be a part of that and mentors want to be a part of that as well. And one thing I learned and found is that you got to make sure that the mentors and the people you have in your inner circle have a similar thought process and have similar priorities and similar philosophies and values. Because if you have too many mentors that have conflicting thoughts or um, personalities or conflicting views, it's hard to differentiate what's good advice and what's bad advice because you getting conflicting advice from two people that you hold highly um, in your regards. And, and I would say it's probably better to not get any advice at that point because there's no action that came. You still have that kind of analysis paralysis. I love how you bring up values because if we start to get clear on what it is we value and our personal values and our business values, that's really going to help us identify mentors and where to invest. I know one of the things that you value tremendously is growth and development. Talk to us a bit about some of the decisions you've made around investing and how did investing in your business in 2021 help you achieve your breakout performance? Sure. Um, I think, you know, investing in my business helped me accelerate my goals and my timelines and the growth that I've had. Um, but I've also made a lot of bad investments in my business as well, just being transparent. Um, but I don't think I would have ever known about them or I don't think I ever would have caught them if I didn't have strategic think time to, to analyze those investments that I was making. Um, but as I look back on the past year that I had, I invested in, in multiple personal coaches and that bought in a layer of accountability and different perspectives. I've invested in, um, you know, I've invested in my wardrobe and how I appear and how people perceive me. I think as a business owner, there are a lot of different ways that you can invest in your business and in yourself. It's important to find alignment with those things. Um, and also, I think it's important to, to make sure that the investments you're making give you energy as well. It's even more impactful if you can tie a lot of your investments for your professional world or your business world into things that are fun and enjoyable for you personally. I would also say that thinking abundantly um, and not worrying about in the moment and not having that fear of, well, is there going to be more business? Where are more clients going to come from? Not having that fear and, and really trying to focus on thinking abundantly allowed me to be more comfortable in the investments that I made in my business and also allowed me to be more aggressive in the investments that I made outside of just being comfortable, but it allowed me to invest aggressively um, in my business, more aggressively than I would have ever pictured myself investing in my business at this point or at this age or time. Making the decision to invest as a business owner can be really challenging. And you raise an interesting point. It's that fear that can sometimes pop up. Uh, will there be money to cover this investment in the future? And will I earn more money? And it, at least in my experience, Nisu, if you make strategic investments, 
and you delegate and you leverage the investments that you're making, it should free up more of your time as a business owner to focus on the revenue generating activities. Yeah. So at the end of the day, if you look at it, it gives you the greatest returns, right? Just simple math. Um, but I also think that it grows your conviction level too in what you're doing, whether it's a sales related business or a retail type of business, whatever it is, if you're investing in your business, that shows you um, subconsciously and also the people around you that interacting with that you believe in what you're doing. Absolutely. I love that, that you believe in what you're doing. Let's talk a little bit more about belief. I'm going to guess there have been some challenges you have faced as you've grown your own business and specifically as you um, sought to achieve a goal that you've never achieved before. How did belief help you become one of the top 2% of financial advisors in your company? <laughs> I think belief had a lot to do with it, but belief is only so much, right? It can only give you so much energy. Um, but I think tying your belief in what you're doing um, to your why was very helpful for me because at times there's not many things that can re-energize you when there's just compounded thing after thing after thing going wrong and going against you. Um, so I think the only thing that will give you energy in that moment is revisiting, well, why am I here? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Um, but outside of that, I, for me, the belief that what I was doing was important was powerful, but also um, the belief that we're all human and that at times we need to slow down and unplug and recharge was also helpful because there would be times where I was just running so hard and I would get so drained. But um, what I was doing was so important that I was kind of at a crossroads where my body was telling me, look, I know this is important to you, but you can't keep pushing on. Um, and I think it's important that we listen to our body, take care of our own personal health um, and mental health. And we take time out to unplug and recharge and get away and just kind of reset. Um, because then when you come back, you're going to be a lot more dangerous. You've had time to recharge and um, you're back on track for, for what your goal was. But then something that we mentioned earlier, um, when these challenges and such come up, great people set themselves apart um, from the rest of the pack when they're able to stick to to a plan when things aren't going well. Because in the work that I do, I've learned a lot about emotions and, and how people make decisions off of emotions. And if you don't have a plan, if you haven't sat down and had strategic think time to, to think about where you want to go and, and what those steps are to get you there, when something doesn't go your way, it's really easy to emotionally make the wrong decision that is going to, at the end of the day, maybe set you back three steps. What keeps you connected to your plan during those difficult times? I would say the biggest thing that keeps me connected to my plan is one, having things set up strategically to recharge and re-energize, but then also having thought out before I set out on journey to hit a big goal, knowing what are the instantaneous things that you can do if everything goes not your way, what are the instantaneous small things that you can do that re-energize you? 
Um, so for me, it was having a very small group of friends that I can call at a moment's notice that'll drop everything they're doing and will come spend some time with me because they know that's what gives me energy and gets me away from all the problems I'm having in the world. Um, for other people, it might be something simple as going fishing or going on a car drive. But then when it came to revisiting the why, I think that was easier because I shared my why and my vision with people around me that cared about me. Um, and then also they knew what my goals were as well. Um, so I think it's important to share your why, your vision and your goals with people, because when you're losing energy, those people that you have in your inner circle should care enough about you to help get you right back on the path. I'm hearing a theme that a big part of your uh, achievement process is not always working harder. So if you if you're faced with a challenge or something doesn't go right, you're not necessarily gripping tighter and pouring more in and adding extra hours and doing more to talk about the importance of step away, recharge, go back to what gives you energy whether it's with your friends or you mentioned a car drive or fishing and then you're able to come back to your goal, come back to your business with a different mindset and approach the problem or the challenge a little bit differently. And then sometimes it may be you just have to work harder, right? But you don't know that if you're making that decision as an emotional decision and it's a reactive decision. And we can get so caught up in making those emotional decisions. You've talked a lot about strategy and being strategic and think time. Tell us a bit more about think time. What is think time for you? How do you leverage think time? How do you schedule think time? Just tell us more about this strategic time in your business. It can look different. Think time can be individual where you're reflecting and um, vision casting or strategizing, or it could be strategic think time with a mentor or with a team member or um, with another individual. But I think the most important thing when it comes to think time is not having distractions. Um, the other thing is making sure that it's blocked off, that it's calendared, that it's systematic, that it's routine. I've got strategic think time that I have throughout the week routinely, but then also I'll add um, think time if I need specific think time around certain topics. I think it's important to take notes during your think time and to reflect back and write down the thoughts that you're having and then writing down the action items that you're planning on working on because even now in 2022 life is busy and it's only getting busier and there's so many things to remember and keep track of especially for business owners and entrepreneurs and leaders so I think it's important to, to put pen to paper during your think time, and it's important to set deadlines within it. If you're working on a small strategic project that came out of your think time, set check-ins with yourself or with people on your team. Think time can be molded and crafted into what you need it to be. You just have to be intentional. I think you have to block it off, have no distractions, and you need to take good notes. That way you can reflect back, revisit, um, and also have something um, to hold you accountable because, like I said, we, we forget a lot of things. We are both huge 
note takers. I journal a lot. And I I know for me and my business, Nisu, I have think time with other people. So I, like you, I have very strategic time on my calendar, whether it's with my peer accountability partner, my coach, my uh, entrepreneur groups. And, And during this time, I'm making sure I'm prepared with things to talk about, questions to ask and things to think through. And I'm writing notes down. So I like thinking with others. But what I really hope our listeners take away is don't overthink think time, start. And it yeah. might look like starting with a notebook and, and a piece of paper and a pen and writing down a question you have in your business or a challenge you have in your business or thinking about your vision and what's one thing you can do today to move you closer to your vision. And as you engage in this process, you will find the system and the format that works well for you. Yeah, agreed. And I think something for me, as you were describing that, something that was helpful for me during my think time was just being naturally curious, right? And questioning myself of, well, why do you want that? Is that really important? Or If you can't do that, why can you not do that? Is there a way that you can get creative and figure out a way that you can do both? Just being naturally curious is helpful during your think time. That helps us unpack our limiting beliefs because sometimes we tell ourselves these little stories and we think they're rooted in truth or that it's the way it has to be, but it's not always true. One of the questions I like to ask myself is, how can I? So getting my brain thinking, what are the options? How can I make this happen? So think time, big, big part of achieving big goals. What other advice do you have for our listeners who are thinking about setting big, audacious goals? So you just said one nugget right there that I think we need to unpack. And it's what we're feeding our minds. Oh, yeah. Why not compared to the how can I? And it sounds so silly, but... That was something that I grasped onto over the last year as well was I've got to make sure that I'm feeding my mind good fuel because whatever your mind were dripping into our brain, that becomes reality and it becomes habitual and it becomes a norm. Um, so I think it's really powerful that we're aware of how we're subconsciously talking to ourselves and how we're subconsciously thinking about things and how our brain has picked that that language up. Absolutely. Mindset plays a huge part. And it took me a while to realize that I was in my own way. I was the one that was preventing myself from achieving the things I wanted or growing the business that I wanted. And it was the thoughts that I was thinking. And Nisu, I recently learned um, in a group coaching program that I'm a part of that mindset work is a journey and it's going to be ongoing. And and sometimes you think, oh, I got to bust this one limiting belief and I'm going to have it all figured out. And it's like, no, 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 no. That limiting belief could pop back up. And so we have to have systems and routines and practices to keep our mindset strong. We've talked about so much in our conversation today. We've we've gone through evolving from a scarcity mindset to an abundant mindset. We've talked about having strategic think time, finding mentors. Um, you mentioned earlier partners and delegating. Is there any other advice you have for people that want to have a breakout performance? Yeah, I'll, a few things. One, I would say make sure you have fun with it. 
make sure that you're not serious 100% of the time. It's okay to mess up along the way. It's okay to crack a few jokes along the way. Um, we're all human. Um, the second thing I think is find good guides for your journey. Um, they can be people that are within your industry, within your firm. They can be people that are not in your industry at all that have no background, but I think it's important to find a few, again, a few good guides for your journey. That way you get different perspectives um, and you get good advice and accountability along the way. Um, but with those guides that you have, make sure you loop those guides into this next piece. You need to create a plan um, for the journey that you're trying to embark on. And um, within that plan, know um, what variables you need to track um, and what variables you need to create a system or some kind of mechanism to track um, those different moving pieces. So just figure out what are the most important things I need to track and have a routine, a system to track those things and have it in front of you constantly. Always know what the scoreboard is saying. Um, and then don't be afraid to tell people um, you know, some of these big goals and commitments that you have, um, especially the ones that are in your inner circle and make sure you're, you're able to tie it to your purpose and why for those days and for those times when energy is just getting drained out of you. Have fun, find good guides for your journey, plan for your journey, track, you know, tracking is, is <laughs> it, my jam. I love talking about yes. tracking, establishing systems, and then staying connected to your why for those times when things get difficult are all incredible pieces of advice that you are leaving our listeners with here today. Nisu, where can we learn more about you and the impactful work that you do with your clients? Sure. You can find me on my website, Nisu Patel, N-I-S-U-P-A-T-E-L.com, um, or uh, find me on social media. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Nisu Patel in Birmingham, Alabama, as well as on Instagram. Um, you can follow me. My uh, username is N-I-5-U underscore P. So um, would love to uh, connect with the listeners. Uh, get some feedback on the conversation that you and I had, Kristen, and um, would love to connect. Nisu, thank you so much for your time here today. And I loved watching your journey in 2021, and I cannot wait to see what you accomplish in 2022. Thank you so much, Kristen. I had a blast. Thanks for having me. With that goal, achievers, keep celebrating your weekly wins, noting your lessons learned, and identifying your priorities for next week so you can consistently pursue progress in the direction of your goals. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you are feeling inspired and want to join the Goal Achievers community, visit my website, kristenberg.com to sign up and get connected. We can also hang out socially on Instagram. Follow me at Meet Kristenberg. Links are in the show notes. Don't forget to rate, review, and share this show. Until next time, goal achievers, keep progressing toward your goals and celebrate those weekly wins.